and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Today we're going to be chatting about standout debut novels and releases from some debut authors that we as your hosts and other community members have absolutely loved that make us want to be the first in the know when that newly discovered author releases their subsequent books. So firstly a bit of a chat about debuts because I think that they hold so much power or a certain level of power because unless it's a relatively high profile person already or a celebrity let's say releasing a book it is your first impressions of that author it kind of serves as like almost your first date with that writer so Lex and Jen what are some debut releases that you've both read that have just made you think wow I want a second date with that writer I have to read more from them I love how you've described it Luz I have to say I don't really usually realize if I'm reading something that is a debut because I'm more I'm more just kind of pick up books based on if they look interesting to me and then kind of say oh I love that I'm going to google it and see what else they've done and then find out they actually haven't done anything so I've got three and none of them are horary actually well one of them is a little bit sorry no stop stop who are you I know. What have, you, what have you done with Jan Furnage? <laughs> I know, it's weird, isn't it? Terrifying. <laughs> okay, so the first one that I've gone with is Nisha Dolan's Exciting Times. Have either of you read Exciting Times? No. So it's really good. It's about a queer woman living abroad, teaching English as a foreign language. And I loved it because I was initially put off it because a lot of people were saying, oh, she's the next Sally Rooney. I was thinking, I just don't care about that. That sounds awful. But, <laughs> but then I, I decided to read it anyway. And it's actually fantastic. But what I love is that the main character is really unlikable. Like you are reading what she's doing and you are thinking, oh, why did you do that? You're the worst. And that really hooked me in. I think we don't see enough unlikable characters. And I just loved that Nisha Dolan had created these characters that are so kind of dry and amusing and... I really identified with the really unlikable main character. I really saw myself <laughs> in her and I love that. Yeah, so that's a, that's what I'd recommend. And then a newer one, one that came out earlier this year, is Wahala by Nikki May. Have either of you read that one? I haven't read it, but I think we we did a read-along for it, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen that cover everywhere. And it's so good. Again, it's about female friendship kind of and how we interact with each other but it's just it's a little bit sharp there's twists in it there's a bit of you know betrayal it's just really interesting and it's a really strong novel that you read it and you absolutely wouldn't know that it was a debut because her voice is so so clear and and so defined already and then my third one is Boy Parts by Eliza Clark I don't know if either of you will have read this 
it was really big on bookstagram in about 2020 and it's I don't know why I said none of them are horror because this one is incredibly dark and she does kill a load of people but it doesn't feel like a horror but it's brilliant there's a lot in it about sexuality and feminism and it's really really funny but at the same time as having this horrendously unlikable main character who is who is doing killing people so that that's my three and they're actually all really different Mm, I was gonna say that's a good mix I'm really excited to see what all of them do next Mm. um because they all are really kind of clear individual voices bringing something new that we don't already have in the in the book scene so I'm excited to hear more from their from their voices Mm. I do know exactly what you mean Jen about just picking up books rather than knowing the author name or much about the author in advance and uh, yeah I think it comes like the more that they release so when people say oh you know have you read much Sally Rooney or have you read much Kieran Millwood Hargrave but yeah when you I love it when you read a debut and it it just completely takes you by surprise and then that mm-hmm. his name it's kind of like etched in your head and you think oh I definitely want to to read more from them this is why I think comp titles are really important for debuts the one that sticks in my mind is the other black girl by Zakia Delilah Harris and the comp title for that was the devil wears Prada meets get out which two completely contradicting films that make no sense together but is the perfect comp title for the other black girl and I think that's how I tend to navigate debuts. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Which other debuts have you read, Lex, that have blown you away? So first up is The First Day of Spring by Nancy Tucker. Have either of you read this one? Nope. No. Nope. So Nancy Tucker, this is kind of a cheat debut because she's written memoir previously, but she's never written fiction. This was her debut fiction. And it is the perfect book if you love true crime documentaries or podcasts. And it is essentially about a little girl who I think it's in a town set up north somewhere. And she kills another little girl in their town. And it's about what happens when that girl grows up. And it's all about the kind of controversy around witness protection and about second chances and is it right is it wrong how do you deal with that what happens next and Nancy Tucker the author is so lovely so yeah that would definitely be a recommendation another one would be My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyin Can Braithwaite two sisters set in Nigeria and one sister as you can tell by the title, consistently kills her boyfriends and the other sister has to come along and clean up after her. And it's all about what happens when the sister who is the cleaner upper forms a relationship with the boyfriend that the sister is eventually going to kill. So that was really great. Really interesting to read something completely out of my, I was going to say out of my wheelhouse. It's definitely crime and thriller, but it's really interesting to read it from a diverse culture. And that was really kind of integral to the story as well, I think. I recently read The Herd by Emily Edwards, which was... the anti-vax one? Yeah. So this one came about when the author was pregnant herself. And she was having a conversation with her seemingly anti-vax doula. And then having to you know, go through pregnancy and labour with this doula who was anti-vax. And that kind of reckoning like 
recognition of going oh other people think differently how do I feel about that what happens and then this book was born so for those who don't know the book is about two best friends who are raising their children nearby their neighbors their lives are so intertwined and for what one reason or another one child can't be vaccinated for medical reasons and the other child their parents choose not to vaccinate her and then I'm sure you can guess what happens but it's all about the fallout and what's right and wrong and what I loved about it is that I sit quite firmly within the pro-vax space and I never thought that I would find myself understanding the other person's point of view but in this book you did and I think the comp title for that that was on the front cover that made me pick it up is it says something like for readers of Jodie Picoult so I would definitely recommend that to the both of you although now I'm now I'm saying that I'm aware that you both have children and I think somebody who has children would read this book differently to me because I don't have children that dependent feeling so maybe that would be a different read for you guys I'd be interested to hear it mm. um, and my final recommendation is one that we did for a tandem read-along earlier on this year I think and it's called The Jigsaw Man by Nadine Matheson I have already got the second book in this series lined up on my Libby app ready to go in audiobook and it's essentially a really gritty gruesome police procedural where different body parts are found strewn around London and it's about down to this female black detective to put them all together and to find the criminal so written by a black author a black or black woman in a police procedural it's just not something in crime thrillers that you see so often so I'm making quite a concerted effort to read beyond the crime fiction about white women by white women mm-hmm. so that would 100% be a recommendation for me as well it was a brilliant book I feel like when Nadine Matheson was writing that it's like know your audience Lex good Lex Brookman <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got to chat to her about it because we did it for the read-along and I we were talking about the inspiration behind it and she was saying that she read a news story about somebody finding like a foot in a bag just a- a- around London somewhere and there was a really dark, horrif- like horrific part of me that was like, oh, I'd like to find a body part in a bag. Like, I'd like to be in a story like that. That, that would be cool. But I think about it all the time. And then I'm like, no, that, that's a ridiculous thing. Good. Coming back to your recommendations, though, I also read My Sister, the Serial Killer when that came out. And love it it's again I think it's got its own really kind of original voice it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like you're reading anybody else's writing and it's so new and love the concept of it and yeah definitely with that recommendation nice so good a good variety there a couple for me that I have read fairly recently so the first one is Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart which was debut and obviously won the Man Booker Prize in 2020. Interesting fact as well, I learned that that manuscript was rejected by something like 30 publishers before there was bite for it. 
and I just thought it it was so, it's one of the most moving books I've ever read like in, incredible it's amazing I didn't know it was rejected so much mm, really really sad for those of you who haven't read it it's about the story of a little boy called Hugh or nicknamed Shuggy growing up in Glasgow in the 1980s and it's about his life with his siblings and his mother who is battling alcoholism really really moving it's just such a compelling read and I think it's it's actually based on his own life experience like he he sadly lost his own mum when he was about 16 and I think it was that loss that that prompted him to write the book it was one of those books that stuck with me for such a long time after I'd finished it and I've anybody else on bookstagram who I've spoken to who's read it has has said the same like they just yeah such a such a powerful moving book and I've remembered him and you know kind of followed him since then and Young Mungo which is his second book came out earlier this year I still haven't read that yet but that's like next book three on my TBR so I'm hoping I will get around to it fairly soon and then the second one which we did do another tandem read along for back in April this year was Memphis by Tara M. Stringfellow. So about three women from the same family, it's kind of a cross-generational novel, flits between different time periods to when each of them was growing up and then back to present day. Obviously, they all live in the town of Memphis in America, but it's just so... What you were saying about the voice, Jen, like it just shines through. Obviously, the author is... That's where she's from, but... I mean, I love anything that's character led and, you know, the relationships between these women were so strong. They're all very, very different. But that, I mean, and on the read along as well, some of the online reviews we had from people at the end, people were just saying, I, I cannot believe this is a debut because it was just like such evocative, stunning writing. So that would be one I would definitely recommend. Some great recommendations from all of us there. We're now going to talk to Jodie Rian Matthews, who is part of our Bookstagram community, a longtime Bookstagrammer, and has recently written her debut novel, which is due to be published in 2024. So she's talking to us about the process of writing your debut, getting published, and Bookstagramming at the same time. Hi, everyone. It's Lucy here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you'd like to support us further, it's super important to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on your preferred player. We'd love to hear what you think and which episodes are your favourite. So hit us up at podcast at thetandemcollective.com to chat. Now, back to the episode you came for. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jen, and I'm here with my friend Jodie Matthews, who, if you're a programmer, you will know on the Bookstagram community as, who are you now, Jodie? It's Jodie Rianne Matthews now, but it used to be Jodie Reed's book. Yes, that's it. I'm always saying to everybody, oh, Jodie just got published. Jodie Rianne Matthews. And I go, but she was Jodie Reed's books. <laughs> Brilliant. So in this episode, we are chatting about releasing your debut novel. And I thought it'd be amazing to have a member of our community join us and kind of tell us a little bit about how it's been going from books to grammar to published author Jodie was that always your kind of hope when you joined Bookstagram? I think there was a little bit of that yeah so I started my Bookstagram account in at the end of 2019 that was mainly out of boredom more than anything else I used to read loads but I'd had a bit of a dry spell I guess and then I picked up some books and I started reading some more and that was when I found Bookstagram so I decided to make an account and quite quickly after I made the account I realized how 
much of a good way it was to meet publishers and other authors and things like that. So I started writing the book at the very beginning of 2020. So it was only a couple of months after I made my bookstagram account. Wow. It went from there, really. I think a lot of the opportunities that I had came because of bookstagram and social media. Because am I right in thinking you'd written before little bits like poetry and that kind of thing, hadn't you? But he, this was your first novel. Yes. Yeah. So I studied creative writing at uni and I'd written, it was mainly poetry. I did a little bit of script writing and then quite a lot of personal essays and articles and stuff like that. But this was my first attempt at an actual novel. Mm-hmm. That's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. And now, how does it feel coming back to the bookstagram community, being a bookstagrammer, but also knowing that we're all going to be kind of devouring and posting about your book? Are there any kind of nerves there? Oh, yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's really scary. It's been really strange because I, I used to post an awful lot. So I started posting about writing the book immediately. So from the very first draft was all on there and everybody was following along and it was really exciting and then what's been strange is recently so probably from about the beginning of 2021 from the last of 2020 I haven't been able to post as much because a lot of the stuff that's been happening has been stuff that I needed to keep quiet like with the publishing deal and also just things that I didn't want to jinx I was nervous especially when I started querying agents I was nervous that if I was posting about it that something would go wrong so it's been a massive relief really to kind of come back to my account now that everything's public and to be able to start posting again and I am I am nervous about people reading it especially people that I followed and have followed me over the past three years but I'm also really excited and obviously there's a few fellow bookstagrammers who've already read it or read earlier versions like you have Um, so that's exciting I'm really looking forward to some of my early readers to read it as it is now as well yeah I'm really looking forward to having another read of it and seeing how it's kind of changed and grown Mm. because it was brilliant when I read it so I'm I'm really looking forward to it so when you were talking to agents and publishers how much did you get the feeling that they had looked at your bookstagram or do you think that felt slightly irrelevant to them oh no they definitely had I think it's one of the most helpful things that I've done with regards to getting an agent and getting a publisher. So I included my bookstagram account in my bio when I was sending it out to agents. And when I signed with Liv from Madeline Milburn, who's my agent now, one of the first things that she said to me was that everybody in the agency seemed to know who I was because of my account. She'd say like, you know, oh, I'm, I want to sign Jodie Matthew. She's got this account. And then they were all like, oh, we know Jodie reads books. It was still that. So that was really exciting. And then when I went to London to meet Fourth Estate just before I signed the publishing deal with them as well, they all knew who I was. And two people from the publicity marketing department came in to meet me because I'd worked with them before. So Liv Marsden was there. Um, So it was just really exciting. It kind of made it feel a lot more accessible, I suppose, because publishing and literary agents and stuff, it can all feel quite scary from the outside, but it was so nice to see these names that I recognised and be like, oh, well, I already follow that editor on Instagram and I've spoken to this publicist before because I've worked with them and it just, it felt like an easier in. Yeah, it's like you already had a little bit of presence there. 
And yes. I think that's really important because I think so often people who are on Bookstagram and reviewing books kind of think, because so many of us do it as a hobby as well, people think, well, how relevant is this? How much is this going to help me? So knowing that it is something that's been helpful in your journey, I think is going to be really encouraging for a lot of people who are writing now and aren't sure how to find their way with it. Yeah, definitely. You know, that was one of the things as well when me and Liv started to send the book out to publishers one of the big angles that they were taking was the fact that I was a bookstagrammer because Mm -hmm. to them that means that I already have a presence I already know how to market myself and that that really helps I think so yeah I think it's it's definitely really good also all of the opportunities that I had in the run-up to getting the book published came about through Instagram so I um my writing mentor is Tom DeFreston mm-hmm. who is the author of Wreck and also an artist and he is also married to Kieran Millwood Hargrave I follow bookseller today yes he is yes <laughs> so exciting so I followed Kieran on Instagram and she during lockdown posted about or shared a story about how Tom was looking for mentors so I applied through that won the one-year membership to the London Library that Jessie Burton was offering as part of her 38 birthday books competition as well and that again I found through bookstagram pretty much everything that happened in the run-up was through having a bookstagram account and if I hadn't have made that then I wouldn't have known about any of these things before that so it was really good to have this like ready-made community I suppose Mm -hmm. That's really good. And do you find, Jodie, because this is something that I have found as my bookstagram has kind of grown and as I've done more with books professionally, that you feel slightly more that you need to censor yourself? So obviously we are both quite, we can both be quite sweary women. We're quite open <laughs> women. We will talk yeah. openly about sexuality on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Have you found the need to kind of rein that in a little bit more as you've known more professional people are looking at your account I don't think I've had to rein my personality in so much I think the only time when that happens is uh when I'm aware that my mum is looking at my (laughs) Instagram account more so than anything else one thing I have found especially when I was about to go out on submission or after I after I'd signed with Liv is that I then became aware that I I wanted to make sure that the reviews I was posting about books were positive ones. And that's not to say that I've ever put up a review of a book that I haven't liked and I've posted positively, but I was only putting up reviews of books that I liked. So I wasn't going to start posting about books that I didn't enjoy because it just felt risky going into the submissions process, knowing that they would be looking at my account. The worst thing I could have done was send a submission to a publisher have them look at my bookstagram account and see that I've just trashed the last three or four books that they posted about so there was definitely a little bit of censorship there whereas now I know that I'm I'm free now (laughs) to post whatever (laughs) I've never really been one to post about books that I don't like anyway Mm -hmm. um, mainly because I don't personally have the energy to take a nice picture of a book that I don't like I tend to just read them and if I don't like them then they're gone but yeah, as far as swearing and talking about sexuality and things like that, I think I've kind of, I think I've stayed the same. And I think with the subject matter of the book as well, those things all kind of work. So I think it's good to be quite openly queer and to still be posting about those things as well, because it shows anybody who 
is looking up the book or looking up me that I am writing from a place of experience rather than from the outside, which I think is is a good thing these days as well. Absolutely. And I think people want to know who they're kind of connecting with, don't they? Mm-hmm. They want to see what your personality is and the, the things that are important to you. And I think that definitely comes across in your bookstagram. So I think it's good to not censor that. But I do also love that your mum is more scary than a publisher, essentially. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I don't know if scary is the right word, but just, yeah, I wouldn't want her to be too disappointed. I've already, she already hates the tattoos. So. Oh, does she? But, <laughs> well, she doesn't mind mine. She doesn't like tattoos in general, but she'll concede that some of mine are okay. Yes, thing with my mum, she will say that tattoos are, are blobs and mine are just slight, slightly bigger blobs. Yeah. <laughs> so something that Jodie and I have in common is that we are both heavily tattooed and we're both Cornish girls. Where were you born, Jodie? Were you born in Cornwall? Yes, so I was born in St Austell, actually, in St Austell Hospital, mm-hmm. but I grew up in Blisland, which is mm-hmm. North Cornwall, so just on the edge of Bodmin Moor as well. And well, that's where your book's set, isn't it? Yeah, it's where my book's set, yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Truro in the in the Royal Court. Oh, in Trillis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then grew up in Penzance. So oh, just along from Marazion. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, Gorgeous. thank you so much for joining me, Jodie. Unless you've got anything else to say on the whole bookstagram to author, but still bookstagram a transition. I think that's been a fascinating insight. Yeah, that's been lovely. Thank you. I think the main thing that I'll say is that if you are a writer in any form, that keeping up a bookstagram account is just a really good way to do it as well. There's so many people will get a publishing deal or will have a book that's about to come out and they would have completely avoided social media. So then they have to build everything from the ground up there. Whereas, like I said earlier, it's so helpful to have that community as well. And hopefully the people that I know will enjoy it hopefully hopefully bookstagram will like it fingers crossed so my book is called meet me at the surface and it will be published in spring 2024 from fourth estate fantastic thank you so much Jodie thank you so we're now going to hear some recommendations of debuts from other team fandom community members one from Jenny, who can be found on Instagram at Jenny Reads, is The Last Bear by Hannah Gold, which is a middle grade title about a polar bear. But what Jenny particularly loved about it was that the amount of research and factual information that the author had done, combined with the kind of fantastical elements and the storytelling, the combination of those two elements just made it a really believable beautiful story so that's one that she's put forward one of our wonderful project managers l who can be found at no books given on instagram recommends the rabbit hutch by tess gunty saying it was quite an abstract narrative in places and fused lots of different character stories into one plot i felt like i was reading a seasoned writer and will be interested to see what she does next always good when a debut turns into an auto by author mm-hmm. And Susanna, who is the manuscript mechanic, recommends Making of Her by Bernadette Dewar. She says she loved her prose, her quiet exploration of what family means, struck a chord. So much pain and sadness shown through small, ordinary things like a cracked sponge for a birthday cake. I feel like either you, Luce, or possibly Lex, have recommended Bernadette Dewar. Have either of you read Bernadette Dewar? 
Yes. So I've read The Making of Her. I think, do you know what? I think it was in the podcast episode where we talked about 2022 releases. I said that I wanted to read this book. I'm going to listen back to that episode and check because I'm, I'm almost certain that's what it was. But yeah, the, the point about the prose is is so accurate. It's, it is just, like, just, just beautifully done and very eloquent. Brilliant. I have a question. Yes. If you were going to write a book, what would your two comparison authors be? Like if two authors were going to come together to write a book, what, what would that be, look like for you? Who would your author's comp title be? If I'm going to write a book, mm-hmm. good question. Jen, same for you. I'm trying to think, Lex. Like it would probably be <laughs> Mary Shelley meets, yeah, someone really smutty. Who can we think like? <laughs> and I don't want it to be like E.L. James. So don't say E.L. James, but like, somebody like that. Who wrote Rough? That's non-fic, though. I mean doesn't mean it wouldn't be a brilliant book <laughs> we didn't say if I'm writing my autobiography here next oh right okay I'm gonna say <laughs> mm, oh, why is this so difficult I'm right sorry I, I didn't, didn't give you any prep time either I mean she got she got slated earlier in the episode <laughs> Sa- Sally Rooney meets Catherine <laughs> oh my god I I think mine, Lex, actually, thinking about this further, might be Mary Shelley meets Daisy Buchanan. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense for you, I think. Yeah. In fact, can what? I change mine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say Karen Swan meets Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yes, that's so good mm. for you, Luce. Lex, who's so. yours? You know, I don't know. My gut says... It's, you know, one of them is Claire McIntosh and the other one is like, no, I feel like I would want to, I would write something darker than that. Mm-hmm. You would. What about a bit of Cat Ward for you? Mm, maybe Cat Ward is more horror than I am, you know? Tana French? You know what? I haven't read any Tana French. Lisa Lucy Foley? <laughs> oh, Lucy Foley could be great for Lex. Mm. Is Lucy Foley gritty enough, though? Because I feel I like... Think so. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Are there so, enough yeah. bodies in it, basically? <laughs> but also, are there enough graphically described dead bodies? I feel like that's where um, that's where the jam is at the moment. But yeah, maybe, you know, one of those crime fiction queens somewhere between one of those two would be great. Mm. Well, why don't you go for Lucy Foley for, like, the modern, the really easily readable the crime and then mix in some Stephen King for the grotesque so you've got Lucy Foley <laughs> and Stephen King and you're me I mean, somewhere in the middle <laughs> if anybody ever described me as that I would worship the ground that they walk on that would be great we have mentioned this already but please do check any of the titles referenced in this episode for their content warnings before you start reading them Please do take a minute to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform as it really does make such a difference in discoverability and rankings. If you've got a recommendation for an episode or a book you think one of us should read immediately, let us know at podcast at the tandemcollective.com. Some more wonderful recommendations there from our lovely team members. As always, we want to hear from you. If you have got any debuts that have just blown you away that you would recommend we read, do let us know at podcast at the tandem collective.com.
Take care, everybody. As always, we're open to your feedback, so please do hit us up at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram or using the hashtag Tandem Collective Talks. If there's anyone, content creator-wise, industry superstars, or your favourite author that you think we should feature in the podcast, then let us know. Bye! Bye! See you later! Bye. <laughs>